Mr. Steve Dace, who is heard on uh, this network right after this program, a part of the Blaze TV uh, and uh, radio network. Steve lives in Iowa, does a show from Iowa, and has been part of the caucus scene for at least 20 years and, uh, and really knows it inside and out and can tell us what do you think is going to happen tonight. Well, yesterday, a good friend of mine who's doing some advanced work for Trump's reelect was canvassing the eastern third of the state, Glenn, because that's the most Democratic state or part of the state. And I was divided into thirds. The most eastern part's the most Democratic. The most western part is the most Republican. And then the middle part where I live is probably the most ideological, um, and it's 50-50. And so he wanted to go where there's going to be the highest Democratic turnout in the state. And listening to him and tell me what he saw over the weekend, I mean, he said Bernie Sanders is the only candidate right now whose events are an event. And he has little doubt that Bernie's going to win, and I agree with him. But it's really fluid after that. And and anybody who tells you they think they know for sure uh, either has a magic eight ball or they watched the Super Bowl halftime show with Jeb Bush last night. So I... It's really, really fluid after that. So Bernie Sanders is going to win, you say, in Iowa tonight. Um, mm-hmm. And does does anything change uh, if the the caucus? Because most people don't understand the what a caucus is like. You're going into a gym, and you know everybody's making a case, and they're they're swapping and bartering and saying, "Hey, you know, your candidate's not going to you know place in the top three. But if our two candidates get together, then we can place our candidate, you know, at number one. And, you know, we're ideologically lined up. So it's horse trading. Exactly. Because there is because it is so fluid. Is there a chance that somebody is everybody's number two and that person beats Sanders? I would have said yes until the stunt Elizabeth Warren. She's having a. I listened to what you were just saying about Ted uh, and his thoughts on impeachment. She's having a bad political instinct month. All right. I, I would have said yes a few weeks ago. I think she was pretty much everybody's second choice, which is really where you want to be in the environment you're describing. Correct. But uh, but but what her and CNN tried to pull on Bernie with the live hot mic after the debate, really, I think it calcified her support, which on one end is good. But I think it limited her ability to, to grow beyond that. I think she kind of got rid of a lot of the, the, the era of good feelings around her as a candidate and was kind of just seen as kind of doing her own thing. Uh, and I think that hurt her. And, and so I think what you've got to watch tonight, it, we've got this 15 percent threshold that Democrats demand their candidates meet to, to get a, a to show up on the final ballot. If Andrew Yang and Amy Klobuchar and Tulsi Gabbard definitely won't get 15 percent. I don't think Yang will. Klobuchar could be right around there. I think Warren could be maybe just a little above that. What happens when the horse trading begins with those candidates? And that's why I think it's going to be so fluid is if Andrew Yang, where where do Andrew Yang's people go? Uh, Do they go to a Pete Buttigieg? Do they go to a a Joe Biden? I can't really see them going in mass to a a Bernie Sanders from a temperament standpoint. Those two guys couldn't be any different. So I, I think that's what makes this very fluid. And here's the other thing to watch from a Joe Biden perspective. You can't finish fourth or fifth. If you if you leave the national polls for a year and the first time there's a vote, you finish fourth or fifth, you're toast. And his people are going to say, well, John McCain finished fourth in the Iowa caucuses. OK, you're right. And then he got his arse licked in the general election. So I'm not sure that's the, 
precedent that you're going for here. So I think there's a, there's certain cosmetics involved where that is concerned as well that definitely bear watching tonight. And then a trend that your audience needs to know in the in the Democratic Party. No one that didn't win a contested Iowa caucus since 1988 has been their nominee. Hasn't happened since 1988. Dick, Dick Gephardt won a close victory over Michael Dukakis. That's the last time someone that was the Democratic nominee didn't win Iowa. And if you look to where Bernie's polling in New Hampshire here in a few days, a week from tomorrow, anybody in either party that has won both Iowa and New Hampshire has been the nominee every single time. I don't know if those norms stand anymore, though. I mean, I, I see the sense in it because it just gives momentum. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just don't know. I, I look at Bernie uh, today as the closest thing to Donald Trump that the Democrats have. He is just a total disruptor. Mm-hmm. And many Democrats are looking for that. I mean, look, Bernie Sanders said the establishment, the Republican and Democratic establishment are the real target here, the real enemy. Well, that kind of sounds like Donald Trump. I mean, agreed. Yeah, he's and and I, I disagree that norms have been violated. I think that's one of the great misunderstandings of the Trump era is that all these norms have changed. I think the cake is all still baked the same. Largely, people are still going for the same coalitions. You see Trump now actively making not just a passive let me give a speech but actively making a play for black voters like we really haven't seen republicans do in decades Mm -hmm. now that that would be a norm change if he could get 12 to 15 percent of the black vote for example but if you look at everything else it's all stayed the same the cake is still made the same the frosting is just zanier all right so all the same ingredients that went into the cake before are still making the cakes now but I, the frosting we have on it is just zanier than it used to be. But what I think is changing is there is more. There are more and more people that are saying, "I want a different cake. I don't want cake. I want pie." Um, I, and I that is, that. I don't know where that is in the cycle, but it was. Uh, it's in the cycle of Donald Trump and people. Um, would still like to see more of the establishment clobbered by Donald Trump and not just the left establishment, but the right establishment. There is that hunger and that's different. Yep. I, I do agree now. And that's where you're seeing disruptor candidates. Uh, I think, I think Ron Paul was maybe an initial foray into this back in 2016. Um, And then I think what you're seeing it now is in spades with Donald Trump and, and, and Bernie Sanders, because people are looking for vehicles that give them a voice outside of the traditional two-party system. There's an immense amount of frustration with that system that it doesn't really serve needs. It, uh, it, it, it's essentially a status quo, uh, establishmentarian, monolithic process that doesn't look out for the values of the average everyday American. And that's why, if, you know, I, I think if the economy is doing well, then Trump could, if, if Bernie is the nominee, he could get Jeremy Corbyn. But if the economy slumps next year, I would not just sit there and say there's no way he's too far left. They'll never vote for him. We said the same thing about Bill Clinton in 1992. Oh, yeah. More and more people said that about Barack Obama in 2008. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll never vote for Jeremiah Wright's disciple. We'll never vote for a draft dodger like Clinton. If the economy goes south, people get desperate. And that and the messaging, yes. uh, you know, the Bolshevik versus Menshevik me- messaging that Bernie is tapping into that he's a long lifelong believer in actually gains an audience in times like that. I agree. I agree.
Um, the coronavirus can could put us into that state. Yes and no. I mean, I think it depends on the. Uh, that's a double-edged sword to what it does to the Chinese economy. And this has always been the. No, no, no. I mean, if it, they're saying today they've come out and said it looks like it is going to be a pandemic. Um, and that's the first time they've said that. Um, and it well, is. But the, here's the thing. The World Health Organization issued a warning about China over the weekend, but yeah. then didn't think it was worth barring travel there at the exact same time. It was a very convoluted yes. warning. I mean, if, if, you, if you think it's worthy of a warning, then why wouldn't you bar travel there? That doesn't make any sense. And the only thing I can think of is because economically what China means in the global economy they're trying to figure out is there what's the what's the what's a narrow path to carve here with the with with realistically what it could mean on on a health scale to them but then economically what they what it means for the rest of the global economy because of their standing and i think that could be a unique challenge for our own economy next year and it and it's the trade it's why a trade war with them was always a double-edged sword because on one hand, they're one of the landlords around here. And on the other hand, they're screwing us at the exact same time. And so managing that was always going to be difficult. So, Steve, do you see um, the democratic socialism? Do you think that this is led by the party? Or do you think the average Democrats willing to accept a democratic socialist? I think there is no democratic establishment anymore, Glenn. And I think that you know, we love in conservative media the talking point the last few years about the RNC outraising the DNC, and that's just a complete fallacy, and here's why. What happened after 2016 when, uh, when uh, you know, uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz had her thumb on the scale for Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. their base defunded voluntarily their party. Look at the amount of money their candidates raise individually. Amy Klobuchar has, has not had a poll showing her higher than fourth in Iowa and she ran more ads in our state this year because of the money she raised. She ran more ads. She had more money than Marco Rubio had to get on television. Their candidates individually raised a huge amount of money. And so what that tells you is they just bypassed the Democratic establishment. And they're just going to do this independently. And I think that's why you're not seeing uh, troves of Democrat leaders and senior statesmen come out and trash Bernie Sanders because I think they're concerned that when the music stops playing, they're going to be left without a seat to sit in, that this may be the new establishment. It, it, it may have nicer packaging in the future than what Bernie Sanders with a shake fist, you know, with his Nikita Khrushchev impression. Uh, it may be nicer and softer, but this may be essentially where their party is going. And I think that's why you haven't seen them go all out to put a roadblock and try and stop him, because I think they're afraid they might get run over by the exact same movement. And then what happens to all those Democrats? Are there is there a big number that won't go with Democratic Socialism? I think there is a number. How big of that number is, I think, comes down to what the economy is doing next year. Mm-hmm. And if anybody at the White House, and I've got some friends there, too, like you do, if anybody at the White House is listening to this, I'm just telling you, on the cultural issues that Trump space cares the most about, and that he is the best, can- that's, where he, that's his wheelhouse, are those kinds of issues. Black and brown voters are far friendlier to Trump's messaging on those yes. on those issues than the white exurbanites and suburbanites that, you know, people like me live next to. They're the ones they're the ones flooding the zone for Pete Buttigieg right now. They're the ones that go to the first church of virtue signaling. So I would absolutely encourage the White House's reelect team to keep going down the road. It's going with black and brown voters. But I would actually message them more on these cultural issues and to show that that 
that the Democratic Party is outside the mainstream of where all of you people go to church all over America. You've got more culturally in common with them than you probably do the average person that caucused for Mitt Romney here in Iowa. For and, and I think that um, I think that ad the first ad for Donald Trump with uh, judicial reform. I thought that was one of the most effective ads I've ever seen uh, from the Republican Party to reach out to a new group of, of possible constituents. Yeah, I agree with you on that from a messaging standpoint. You know, I've got a private little text change that's uh, that's uh, that's uh, we keep it, uh, you know, anonymous with some good friends of mine that are in politics, some in office, some work for candidates. And there's a lot of conservatives that are very, um, I would say, uh, mercurial where that first step legislation is concerned. But but I but one of the things I said in our text chain about this last night, we are not the intended audience for that ad. The intended audience for that ad, ab- absolutely, and they don't watch MSNBC and CNN, but yep. they were all watching the Super Bowl, yep. and they got that yep. message. Absolutely, yep. they did. Very good. Uh, Steve, thank you so much. We'll probably talk to you tomorrow if you have time uh, to get the rundown of what actually did happen at the caucus. Are you are you attending and watching? Uh, I if if I walk in, Glenn, so it's Flavor Flav's going to call nine one one. Okay, so okay. I, I, all right, I'm all right, have all to right. Watch from afar, bro. Okay, all right. Thanks a lot, Steve. Appreciate it, Steve okay. Dace. Take care. Uh, he will be on in about uh, thirty nine minutes on this network. You can listen to him on blazetv.com slash Glenn. Make sure you get your uh, subscription. All right. I look up at TV and they're still doing the impeachment thing. What? Why are they talking on the floor of the Senate more about the impeachment? I thought, I mean, nobody's paying attention today. Nobody is paying attention to that. No, because they're not doing witnesses. So, right. And they're having to vote to acquit tomorrow. Yeah. No, Wednesday. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Wednesday. It's only, it's only Monday. Uh, which, wow, I'm jumping a little ahead of my head. I'm kind of disappointed. I, I was hoping that it was going to happen today. And then Donald Trump would give his State of the Union uh, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's got to not do what Elizabeth Warren did. And, you know, do we have that audio from uh, uh, Ted Cruz? Here's Ted Cruz explaining why the Democrats didn't get any witnesses. Listen. Now, Michael, I'm going to tell you something surprising. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren helped defeat the impeachment of the president of the United States. How do you mean? That little stunt she pulled was a campaign stunt. Uh-huh. That was a fundraising stunt. That was designed to thrill the left-wing activists in the Iowa caucuses. <laughs> there ain't nothing else going on right. than that. But I'll tell you what, that stunt yeah. helped deliver the votes of Lisa and Lamar. It did. Beca- because it hmm. made clear this is a political game, right. and if John Roberts doesn't vote the way Elizabeth Warren wants, she's going to call him a political hack and throw him into politics, and it suddenly raised the price of their voting and making it 50-50 because you don't want to see the court thrown into that political swamp. Okay, here's the stunt. This is the question from her to John Roberts. Listen. question from Senator Warren is for the House managers. At a time when large majorities of Americans have lost faith in government, Does the fact that the Chief Justice is presiding over an impeachment trial in which Republican senators have thus far refused to allow witnesses or evidence contribute to the loss of legitimacy of the Chief Justice, the Supreme Court, and the Constitution? John Roberts was not pleased. 
he uh, he was glaring at her after that question. <laughs> I don't think he was. He did not want to like like Ted Cruz said. He didn't want to be lumped into a political battle like no. that. And and it brings into question just that question um, is all political in nature. <clears throat> yep. Shows that showed these two Republicans that were going to vote with the Democrats uh, that. Sh- they, they don't care. They'll burn the whole thing to the ground. They mm-hmm. don't care. Now mm-hmm. they'll take on the Supreme Court. They're not reasonable people. Um, and as Ted said, it really, really upset two of the the moderate Republicans, if you can call them that, the squishy ones that were were willing to vote with the Democrats. And when she asked that question, they were they were like, this it. is this is ridiculous. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Now, now this isn't legitimate because the Supreme Court justice is sitting there. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are you going to do constitutionally? What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. So, uh, congratulations, Warren. And that goes back to why the Iowa caucus is probably going to turn out the way it is with her. She is, as Steve said, having a politically horrible uh, political in- 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 uh, intuition month. I mean, she, all of her mm-hmm. political instincts are all wrong. This She's month. just not a likable person. And no. I think people are realizing <laughs> no, that. No, I think so. This is. Huh. Oh, man. <laughs> that big dummy, Donald Trump, did it again. Oh, man. Oh, man. He uh, congratulated Kansas on their big win. And... Kansas City's mostly in Missouri. That's where the football stadium is. Gotcha! Idiot! Moron! <laughs> they didn't care oh, no. when Obama screwed up uh, when he was talking about sports. What like, like, when he, like when he said this. It would be incomplete mm-hmm. if I did not congratulate the city of Miami for champion Miami Heats. The <laughs> world champion Miami Heats. Nobody who knows sports would ever call it, and nobody cared. Nobody nobody talked about it. What an idiot! He called them the Miami Heats. They're just the Miami Heat. <laughs> or when he was talking about his, his favorite ballpark. But I do think that there's a different quality to what used to be Kaminsky Field. Well, yeah, I, you know, there was a different quality. It's never been named Kaminsky Field. It's Kaminsky Park. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, thank you for that. Anyway, but, uh, I feel bad. <laughs> I feel bad that uh, the 49ers have to go back to Candle Shoe Park. And, uh, <laughs> but see, from you, that would be okay. Right, you don't right. pretend to be a sports right. expert. And they made him into a great oh, yeah. sports. He was practically a yeah. professional athlete himself. Right. And who cares? He, who cares about any of this? It's yeah. so yeah, it's so it, ridiculous. So yeah. ridiculous. It's just what what Trump has to put up with is uh, unbelievable. I unbelievable. Uh, I think it's I think it's great that the uh, Cleveland Indians uh, were celebrating as well last night, kind of in solidarity. Uh, you know, <laughs> to the Kansas City the Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, tribal yeah, pride. The, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I I'm right. sure one of their, yeah. I'm sure their chief was one of the Chiefs that were down there uh, in sure. the Miami Heats. Yeah, so uh, we got that going for us. Uh, 
You know, last night, uh, by the way, I am wearing J-Lo's outfit right now. and Very sexy. It's going to take me about an hour just to (laughs) pick it out of my butt. It is so lodged in there. And, um, man, it, Uh it looked like a good idea when she was wearing it. You know what I mean? Did, Did it? it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it really didn't. No. Really didn't. No, it really didn't. I mean, do you think they they had to have? They knew the crotch cam, right? They knew oh, absolutely. that was a crotch I, cam. I think so. They had to have. I think so. I've never seen that on TV before. No. No. I mean, I mean wow. They zoomed right up in there. Yeah, yeah they did. <laughs> was, they did. Like, whoa. Yeah. I performed a pap smear. Uh, <laughs> the results aren't back yet, but uh, I'll let J-Lo know. Uh, that would be good. When it yeah. comes back. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was. And Jeb Bush, he loved it. I mean, you watch it with it's your grandkids? It's the greatest halftime of all time? Uh, Come on. No. No. Uh, to me, that's just pandering. That's just pandering. I think I remember when the Super Bowl still had a marching band. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, because it wasn't that long ago. Right. Uh, in the 80s. They still they still did marching bands. Did they really? Yeah. Yeah. I think we should go back to marching bands. <laughs> Last I, night's any indication of yeah, where they're going? I mean, yeah, I'd rather do the USC marching band. Right. I mean, there's yes. nothing cool you can do. There's nothing cool you can do except just be a strip club. Yeah. That, I with, with pole dancing and everything? I mean, it was. Wow. And then she brought her daughter on. Uh-huh. Which I thought was... Our daughter can sing a little bit, though, right? Wasn't that the one that was singing by her? I don't know. I never saw her. I was looking... <laughs> At the crotch No, I, turned, I actually turned it. My son and his <sighs> friends Man. begged us, please, this is uncomfortable. Please, can we <laughs> change the channel? Uncomfortable because there were adults in the room? I think so, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. what 15-year-old boy... Well, yeah, no, well, I will tell you this. All of the boys went, she's 50. <laughs> Ick. <laughs> she's 50. And she is 50. She is 50. And she's, you know, she looks good for 50. But she does. But I don't want to see that at no, 50. I don't want to see, see that much. No, I don't. No. I don't. I don't. I, I don't really know how don't. old Shakira is, but she's getting up there too, She's right? 40. She's like 40, 40 or 40, 43. 43? 43. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. So we got that going for us. Yes. Uh, there were a couple of uh, ads. One that didn't play, uh, I'd like to get to. Uh, this is the PETA ad. Now, I'm going to have to describe it to you uh, because there are no words, but I'm going to describe it to you. Uh, NFL rejected this one. It's a B buzzing and taking a knee on the flower. <laughs> And now there's the bear in the woods taking a knee by the stream. And the fish. They don't even have knees, but they're taking a knee. Okay. And here's the the fox and the wolf and the snake and the spider and the mouse and the dog. Many of which don't have knees either, but they all took a knee. sitting down weird like he's dragging his butt like dogs do. The pig and the pigsty taking a knee. And here comes a little kitty cat next to a little girl. Who's already taken a knee. She's taken a knee, and now... Oh, it's the bunny. It's not even... It's a bunny. Oh, and now here's the big American eagle looking mean. But no. Oh, taking a knee. He's taking a knee. Wow. Respect is the right of every living being. 
and speciesism. <laughs> oh my gosh! May I ask? And speciesism. Uh, Come wow. on! Wow. Yeah. So um, here's what I would like to do. I'd like to put this out to the audience. Uh, if anyone is an animator, I would like you to make part two. And and the eagle is not actually taking a knee. It's about to swoop down and grab the bunny and then feast on it before it flies away again, leaving the bunny half eaten, takes the trout out of the stream. Which is what an eagle would do. Right. Eats that mm-hmm. and then also goes for all the little rodents that are around that were taking a knee. And then at the very end, as it comes back and looks at the poor girl because she's a PETA lover, animal lover, she's like, bad bird, bad bird eating these animals. And that's when I want the eagle to swoop down and start to attack her. Don't get to, well, he's got to get to at least her hair. But then an Mm -hmm. NRA hunter comes out and shoots the eagle, which is illegal. Mm -hmm. It's a federal crime. But self-defense. To save save the little girl. Save the little girl. That's yeah. how I would like part two of that PETA commercial to go. <laughs> Taking a knee. And did you Pathetic. notice Did you notice how the NFL did everything they could oh, yeah. to be red, white, and blue? Yeah. yeah until, until, again, J-Lo came out, and the red, white, and blue was for Puerto Rico, which I don't have a problem with, but it was yeah. for Puerto Rico— what I had a problem with was the children in the cages. Which was supposed to represent the children in the cages at the border, apparently. Which nobody cared mm-hmm. about when Obama first put them in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. Yeah. I can't. I just can't take the wokeness anymore. I really, I really can't. I, I watched the, mm-hmm. you know, what was it? The secret commercial? Oh. 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 I get it. Women can do stuff. I get it. Not just do stuff. No, they're better. Everything they do is better than what men do. Everything. They can do it better than men. Yes. Everything. Yes. So if you play football, you do it better than men. Basketball, better than men. Pee standing up. It's better better than than men. men. You can can, uh, produce sperm better than men. Well... (laughs) That's what we're being told. It is. Or at least the same as men. It is. And you know what's crazy? Is <sighs> I've always wondered, how did Hitler get people to buy into all this stuff? And his response always was, yeah. the bigger the lie. The bigger yeah. the lie. Yeah. They started with the biggest of all lies. Can there be a bigger lie? Then than... men can have periods and yeah. get pregnant, mm-hmm. and men are useless, and women are all powerful and can do everything that a man can do just better. No, there are some things that women can do, generally speaking, much better than a man. And there are some things that a man blows them out of the water, and that's one of them, blows them out of the water, mm-hmm. Uh, in comparison, it's just the way it is. But yes. we are being told: think of the lies you're willing to say, think of the lies that you have said or tolerated, and you're like, "Oh no, yeah, Caitlyn Jenner, she's beautiful. Oh, she's one of the most beautiful women in the world." Yeah, yeah. And if you didn't go, and, and you have to say guys, that about every yeah transgender, and, and person. if you don't, and if if you <laughs> didn't go, guys, what the hell's wrong with you? It's a dude, okay? The quote asked Austin Powers, it's a man, man. What are you doing? 
What are you doing? If you didn't do that, you're part of the lie. Yeah. We're doing it. We've done it. Well, I've never said Caitlyn Jenner was beautiful. I have sarcastically. (laughs) Have you? (laughs) Yes. Yes, I've decided that all trans women are beautiful because we have to believe that. We have to believe that. So every time we see a trans woman, she is every time. Every time we tell these lies knowingly, we infect ourselves and Mm -hmm. we weaken our system to stop little lies. They've gotten you to say, oh, no, men can have babies. <laughs> no. No. No, they can't. No. No, 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 they can't. They're can. having babies. They're there's not something, men. And there's something wrong. <laughs> Jeez, I just went into the urinal and a baby popped out. Uh, <laughs> a, that explains the screaming, uh, but don't think so. You know, that PETA commercial is really kind of coming home to me, and I apologize for the flower commercial I just did. I mean, how speciest of me. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Is it, it's life, right? It's, it's a, life. It's a it's Should a it flower. matter that it's a plant? No. 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 Like, would you cut the legs off of people? And Well, yes. I mean, yeah, you would? I have, okay. yeah. I've Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I'll want to do something special for Tanya, so I just, uh-huh. I just cut the legs off of children, and then I <laughs> put them in a bucket. You know, oh, man. and then I fill that bucket with blood and then a little bit of sugar. Oh, okay. and to, to if you do it, if, yeah, they last, they uh-huh. can last up to 10, 12 days before they start to die out. <laughs> you know, they get a little droopy. See, what's the difference? I mean, what's the really, difference? I mean, what's the difference? To, to PETA, there isn't a difference. There isn't a difference. And to all people, <clears throat> no, there is no difference between cutting a bunch of flowers. You know, I will tell you this. If you mm-hmm. are going to do this with the children and you cut their legs off, don't do it. So you have to be really careful because some people, they'll do it. They'll cut the legs off and then they'll just leave them in a refrigerator until you call. Oh, and yeah. so they all, those kids only last like two days or so. Well, that's not worth it. But then. these are cut uh-huh. fresh. fresh. When okay. you call, <laughs> they cut the legs off these children and ship them directly to you. So they can last 10, 12 days. It's great. <laughs> it's just great. It's great. Peter, thank you for that new understanding because there is yeah, no difference. Yeah. No. You know, whether life, it's animals or plants, plants or humans, anything. it's all the same. It's all the same. Life is life. Life is life. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, um, did you see that the Democrats are very <laughs> upset at the Super Bowl ad by Donald Trump uh, where he's talking about the cr- criminal justice system and, you know, and how some politicians. Uh, they just talk about it, but Donald Trump got it done. Uh, and there was no fanfare. There was nothing. I bet that commercial surprised a lot of people who oh, don't watch the news. Yeah. And they're like, what? What's that? Mm-hmm. And they are. It, it was about Alice Johnson. That was the one that Kim Kardashian and Donald Trump released. She had a life sentence for, I think, marijuana. Um, and, you know, she... It was a nonviolent crime. Nonviolent crime. And she had a life sentence, never expected to get out. She tweeted, uh, two Super Bowls ago, I was sitting in a prison cell. Today I'm a free woman, and my story was featured in a Super Bowl ad. I'll spend the rest of my life fighting for the wrongly and unjustly convicted. And the Democrats are hating it, saying all kinds of things. How dare he? You... Oh, please. 
Yeah, you would have never used that. Ever. Oh, huh? of course no. not. You wouldn't use race. You wouldn't use race. You wouldn't. No. Prison reform? You'd never do that. And it's and I love it because it's targeting. <gasps> Glenn Beck just said targeting. It's targeting a group of constituents that need to wake up and, and are that, waking up. And that the Republicans normally don't target. Because they've they never had a because, chance. Right. But right. they do have a chance now. So many African Americans. And you know what it you know what it is? It's all the African Americans who are tired of being told what to think. Right. Or how to think. You know? Mm-hmm. Kanye, he's not he's not necessarily a, you know, a Republican. He's just tired of being told he has to be oh, a Democrat. I, I don't think he was until recently. No, uh, I don't yeah, think so either. I, I think he's had yeah. a change of heart recently. Yeah, well, I don't know about political. I'm sure politically is, mm-hmm. is part of that. Um, but, uh, you know, it, I'm tired of being told exactly what I have to think, who I have to support, what I have to support. This goes against... Uh, the American soul, you know, and uh, there's something wrong with it. And I, I just think that they are going to pay a huge, huge price. And especially if they do in Iowa and New Hampshire, what it looks like they're going to do. I think they're going to be surprised in the end that America doesn't rally around a Sanders flag. We'll see you tomorrow from Washington, D.C. This is the Glenn Beck Program.